Hello Waterloo Road fans, just my usual reminder before we get started about our Patreon page, a subscription service where you can get access to extra episodes of this podcast, in which we hand out Waterloo Road awards, we review other school-based shows including Britannia High, we take in-depth looks at particular characters, and we also have extended versions of all of our interview specials. You can get access to all of that stuff at patreon.com slash waterlooroadpod, and I would like to thank those of you who have already done so. So thank you to Lottie Smith, to Dylan Gover, who is at Dylan S. Gover on TikTok. Thank you to Emily Berry, to Eve, to Georgia Leah, who is the Avocado Bath on both Instagram and TikTok. Thank you to Hannah Louise, who would like to shout out NHS Mental Health Services. Thank you to Matthew Kumar, to Rachel, a dedicated listener to every episode, to Tom Percival, and to Claudia Graham. Thank you to all of you for your continued support, and if you would like to join that list of illustrious Patreon subscribers, all you need to do is go to patreon.com slash waterlooroadpod. And now for this week, some of the audio issues from last week's show did spill over into this one because we recorded them on the same day. As of next week, everything will be back to normal, but please do bear with us as we, without any further ado, get on with this week's podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Everything From Nothing, the Waterloo Road podcast. I am Tom Beasley, your Waterloo Road superfan joined as ever by the ever lovely and excited and infused Luke Stevenson. There's an implication there that I'm not lovely. <laughs> I'm, I'm really excited. And I'm really infused, but I always like to think I'm lovely. I don't think my demeanour on here ever stretches to being unlovely. <laughs> we'll, we'll leave that there and let the listeners decide. Um... Now, can we, can we set off early? Because, like... There's going to be a lot of times in this where I think the drug they're doing is illegal. It's not right until the end they start dropping the word legal in there. Yeah, it's weird, that, it, isn't it? It was like they started going, oh, let's do this all about marijuana. Let's, all, let's do it about, uh, you know, the old, the old ganja, the old devil's <laughs> lettuce. I see it about that. And then halfway through, well, probably about two-thirds of the way through writing it, a Daily Mail online article popped up about yeah. kids taking legal highs. They went, oh boy, let's put that scare story into it. This so was it feels like by an article, 100%. Yeah, it feels like 90% of this episode is about marijuana. And yeah. the rest of it is like, actually, no, it's about legal highs that you smoke. What legal high do you smoke? Yeah. I don't, is that a thing? <laughs> All right, legal high expert over there. No, I'm, I'm well, I usually the take my legal highs rectally. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, look, I feel like legal highs was like, you know, they're like not the gas stuff that you like. Look, this episode is going to show you that I'm woefully inequipped to discuss drugs. Well, you did say the old ganja like <laughs> two or three minutes ago. Yeah, well, I, I, I overpronounce marijuana, so I don't yeah. give off the fact that I'm terrified of it. Um, so, uh, Finn's dad, uh, who we, we get to meet in this episode, barely talks to him on the way out the door in the morning. He has received this package, which we come to realise is, is this, this, these legal highs. He just he bought drugs over the internet. You yeah. can't even do that now. 
Yeah. He's been taking last tips week, off um taking tips off Ruby. Yeah, last week she was buying antidepressants in bulk online. Now he's just buying drugs. <laughs> um so uh Camilla Hayes, who is from this local posh school called St. Mary's, um, is coming along. Um, uh, Chris is nervous because he's in charge uh, for the day and they've got to sort this sports partnership out. Was the, like, the thing is, like they said, Rachel's made good relationships with her. Was this the only day she was free? You'd think, (laughs) you'd think, you'd go, actually, why don't we just book it for the day when the person you know and is the head teacher of the school and will be signing the document is here rather than this child in a suit. (laughs) He does look like a child in a suit because I think we've spoken before about how he dresses a bit more casual usually than most teachers. So he does look like, yeah, it is like baby's first suit. It really is. Yeah, that's why I'm, when I get um, married, I'm not wearing a suit because I'd look like that. Yeah, I've, I've never seen you in anything close to a suit. I can't imagine what the most formal thing you've seen me wear. I, I went to an awards ceremony you were at. What were you wearing that day? Oh, yeah. Sorry, what were you wearing that day? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's where I was, I was nominated for Best New Journalist. I remember that. Um, <laughs> It was a shirt and tie. I don't wear the jacket. The jacket is where I get Fine, I get proper childlike in the jacket. So I'll, I'll wear a shirt and tie, top button <laughs> undone, because I'm not, you know, I'm not an accountant. Um, <laughs> uh, if I'm feeling fruity, I'll put a cardigan over the top to like, or a hoodie Ooh. to make way for the jacket. It's like, oh. A hoodie? Yeah, yeah. I've worn a, I've worn a jacket and a uh, uh, hoodie and shirt and tie combo. Goodness me. Right. I remember that award ceremony. We both lost. Yes, we did. We did. We both lost in our respective categories. I was nominated again for the next year. Lost again. <laughs> <laughs> but it set me up well for a career in journalism. Mm-hmm. Which <laughs> yeah. I still pursue to this day. Which you are, yeah, you remain an award-nominated journalist every year. You've been nominated every yeah. year, I heard. They can't take that away from me. No. For two years I was eligible for the award, Tom. I was nominated for the award. <laughs> so, um, they're trying to tie up this sports partnership. They would be the first state school in the area to be able to use those facilities. Um, Chris wants to show more than the sports department, which is handy because they haven't had one since <laughs> the sports department was embroiled in a doping scandal. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Kim's a podcast listener. Oh. She says to Tom that uh, Finn gave Chris's car a makeover last week. There we go. Setting the time scales. <laughs> we love it. We love it. A reminder of the time. Do you, do you know why Chris got over it quite quickly? It washed off. It was paint. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, they walk off down the corridor after the senior leadership meeting. Um, Josh is like back chatting to Tom, calls him a nagging woman, and Tom's like, funny, let's have a joke. Um, <laughs> Women be nagging. And, Kim and, turns and Kim, around. Kim looks at Tom like this is the most like inappropriate thing Tom's ever done. <laughs> and it isn't. <laughs> there are men, you know, I can think of several. Um, so we see uh, Roz uh, putting on like lipstick before seeing Joe, <laughs> and we find out that Tom is Philip's mentor. 
And Tom just goes, he's a skyver and so am I. So it works out for both of us. <laughs> yeah, I bet their like, mentoring meetings are brilliant. <laughs> Joe feels really like she's like, oh, so you aren't all spending late nights alone in the library staring at French literature and art. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Um, so uh, Steph has decided for some reason that in order to win Chris over about her relationship with his dad, she's going to act like the mother. <laughs> um, don't do that. <laughs> Kim like just... warns her, like, don't go overboard on the doting mum thing, but she very much does. It's very uncomfortable to watch every time it happens, which I guess is the idea, but when, you, yeah. when it's so uncomfortable you can't look at the screen, I feel like it's failing. Yeah. Um. Tom says to Josh that he should keep an eye on Finn today, which I, I've just written eek. <laughs> yeah, so, oh, here's a troublemaker. Tom, in the previously on, Tom tells Finn, stay away from my boy. Yeah. This week, Tom's saying, go look, go, my boy, <laughs> go be <Yeah>. with Finn. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Finn's your mate, isn't he? Go and sort him out. And they just, they've, they've given up trying to do it themselves. They just delegate. <laughs> yeah. So Finn's talking about this, this drug he's got hold of and they want to do it at break time. It's this amazing high that lasts 10 minutes, apparently. Uh, Josh uh, is going on about, oh, yeah, yeah, we, you know, this is all fine. Uh, uh, me and my dad, we listened to Velvet Underground <laughs> over some beers. How has Josh not, like, left home yet? <laughs> How how are Finn and Amy still friends with Josh? <laughs> who a lot of the time is pretty lame. <laughs> I'm just listening to Velvet Underground on vinyl. With my dad. Last week he brought in a forerunner of the sugar tax at the school. <laughs> yeah, he made you run for a chocolate bar last week. This yeah. week he's been listening to Velvet Underground. Um, so uh, Camilla turns up at the school. Um, she says, Oh, I'm intrigued by this place. Uh, this school single-handedly keeps the Rochdale Observer in business. Good to see the local Flaming Press thriving. Good, 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 good. Do you reckon stories about the local, like, hot mess of a school really do sell newspapers? It's 2011, uh, I, I, nothing was selling newspapers. I was going to say, it takes a lot to sell a local newspaper. <laughs> he says, as someone who worked at a local newspaper. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though, when I was there was when um, Christopher Nolan was filming Dunkirk in Weymouth and putting Harry Styles on the front of your paper does sell papers, even in Dorset. <laughs> I know I bought about 80 of them. I didn't even live there. <laughs> I, I don't know how many times we put a picture of Harry Styles on the front of that paper for something to do with Dunkirk because <laughs> it did well. <laughs> Um, so they're talking about this this legal high that they're going to take. Amy's quite keen for it because she's all in on on Finn. Um, Siobhan is correctly worried that it will be lame and dangerous. Um, but Amy says to Siobhan, oh, I'm totally in, in love with Finn at this point. I'll, I'll do whatever he wants. Again, that's not going to go anywhere good, is it? No. That level no. of devotion. Um, so Camilla is being introduced to the staff. Steph lays it on super thick. And what I love about this scene is Kim, like, stifling laughter <laughs> while she does it. <laughs> it's like when she goes, obviously, we don't have puts, we use bricks. <laughs> I, 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 I had a genuine laugh at that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so 
Chris goes and like challenges Steph about how weird she's being. And there's a great they're framed by Grantley in the middle, who's just sort of sneering at them while they talk. And, Steph leaves, and he says, Should we take in you for a happy meal next? Which I quite like. I just it's like no conversation Chris has had with Steph in the past two weeks hasn't had someone not involved in the middle. Because it was the same with Finn last week. And Finn was just like relishing what he was witnessing. I'll kind of hope Chris and Steph hook up. <laughs> God. So um, they got, they're going to do this legal high and they've decided for some reason that someone needs to film it. Yeah, because <laughs> they went, they said, oh, last year at the school, this guy broke the school down, but he took a selfie of himself doing it. So he placed himself at the scene of the crime as it happened. So let's do these drugs as underage people. Just, just smashed a school up, lol. <laughs> just um, vibes. I like it because Josh is filming on like a little Samsung camera. <laughs> it's really cute. <laughs> Like it's been established, it's established in this show that they film stuff on smartphones. Yeah, like, he slashed a little. When when Grantley was dancing, filmed it on a smartphone. They've had fights, which they've filmed on smartphones. Not, yeah, well, not pretty... smartphones, flip phones. Um, oh yeah, I'm pretty certain the Battle of Waterloo was filmed on a. Yeah, but this this is worth the, the specific camera. I believe this episode about drug taking was taken by people with even less drug taking experience than myself whose claim to drug taking experience is someone in my university house did it while i was away once yeah. um so they whatever this thing is it appears the effect is written as a combination of ha- of misremembering both train spotting and fear and loathing in Las Vegas. <laughs> That's just like, it's just like, okay, so they take this, what we assume is like weed, but is kind of legal. Yeah, and... the idea is that it's like a legal form of cannabis, I think they say later on. Yeah, which is what most people use now to mend aches and pains. Yeah. But it has Josh crawling along the floor. Yeah, it's like a hallucinogen, what they take. Yeah, so it's just, it's clearly not a legal form of cannabis. It's like closer to like LSD than. <laughs> than yeah, exactly. It's, like, yeah, because none of the symptoms of this map out. Because later yeah. on in the episode, spoilers, Tom just passes out. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas Josh is just like, you know, he's, you know, he's had the good cush or whatever, <laughs> and it's just melting around him. Whereas yeah. Tom's like, oh no, I've passed out. Yeah. And then like Amy is like screaming and crying. They, they do, they, they literally recreate the talk to Frank advert. Yeah, it's very talk to Frank. Um, and so while all that's going on, Tom is showcasing the football to Camilla. And he reveals the girls' team won the league. They did. Because we thought it was a fake cup during the episode of series three. But we never saw them win the league. And Tom says, people aren't interested in those headlines. We watch these people every week. Why did we not see the girls' football team but, but rising they... up the table? We saw them, like, faking it for, for a Samine to keep her in the school. No, maybe it was real. But they didn't win. The, the whole thing was that it was like, make her look great. Let's pretend they won something. Uh, no, I just really, like, look, it's about the system, Right. Trust the system, the results will follow. 
Tom had a had a sweeper system yeah, in two thousand in two thousand and nine. <laughs> no one else was doing that. <laughs> he broke teams down with a sweeper. Um. So, uh, Kim goes to tell Tom about what Josh was saying in her class. Uh, she says, "Oh, I think he's kind of treating you like a mate, and you need to have some boundaries." Kim loves, you know, sticking her aura in with particularly Tom's. Well, in this case, kids, but usually not quite kids. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's no situation which Kim won't get involved in, and she's kind. She's kind of right. She is right. Like, I think she is right. She she is right, but she's gone from zero to a hundred over a kid at school talking about what he did with his dad last night. Yeah. Like that isn't like oh he's treating like a mate and not like a thing. It's just like oh, well you know you can actually have you know you can have fun with your parents. Kim's just like what what's this weird thing? They listened and enjoyed music together, and he wasn't swiftly disciplined. <laughs> now I think it you know it goes very underreported. Tom's like oh I can't give my son a few cans. No, you can't. It is against <laughs> the law. Oh I don't know. Most people would say it's okay. I think. Yes, and most people vote Tory. <laughs> <laughs> no, not most people vote Tory, but the Tories always win, and that's the problem with our electoral system. <laughs> Tom. <laughs> don't don't bring those left-wing talking points from Twitter, Twitter here. Oh, we're More doing people. proportional representation in the podcasts. <laughs> Did more people vote Tory than Labour? Yes, they did. And that's the nightmare we live in, Tom. <laughs> but if you, believe, people... if you believe the makeup of the House of Commons, no one voted for anyone else. <laughs> Everyone voted for the Tories. Everyone except Brighton Pavilion. <laughs> Even the places that didn't, didn't really want to. <laughs> yeah. um, so uh, Amy is saying how that she hated doing it, the trip, it was horrible. But then Finn says it was great, and so Amy immediately switches to loving it. That's healthy. It'll only end well for her. But Finn says to Josh, oh, stay and we'll do some more. Uh, Amy then leaves. Um, so Tom's teaching Much Ado About Nothing, and he's teaching, iambic, pent- he's teaching iambic pentameter. And I want to be in that lesson, because I still don't understand iambic pentameter. It's every line is 10 beat syllables, right? Yeah, but it's like the the, the it's like it's up and down, up and down, up and down. Yeah, and I don't understand it. <laughs> Even right. when he did it with the claps, I didn't understand it. <laughs> okay, Tom, let me break down poetry for you. Okay, <laughs> right. <laughs> oh no, this is this is going to be one of your like philistine takes, isn't it? All poetry's crap. The only poetry I like is the once was a man from Nantucket. <laughs> <laughs> right, spoilers, but it's. Someone wrote something. Someone wrote down a stream of consciousness that sometimes doesn't even rhyme, but we still call it poetry. Years later, (laughs) someone at AQA had a syllabus that needed filling. Well, no, like iambic pentameter is clearly a thing that was done deliberately. (laughs) No, it's all by accident. And then (laughs) now what they do is they make kids write essays about full stops in poems. Look... There is nothing wrong. This is this is unsurprisingly, this is a hill I die on as a critic. There is nothing wrong with reading stuff into a piece of work that you have gleaned from your own interpretation that necessarily wasn't that maybe wasn't immediately put into it. As long as you're able to sort of justify it within the text and have a conversation about it. Look, 
All I'm saying is in the past week, I sent my passport off to the post office without putting stamps on it. And I know what size Jura is, which is more useful to me to have been taught at school. <laughs> Definitely the putting stamps on your passport. Combined, combined with my provisional license expiring and my credit card and debit card being blocked by my bank for no reason, there was a point in this week I could have been legally disappeared. I had no form of identification on my person. <laughs> the point I'm making is if someone would like to teach me iambic pentameter, I would very much appreciate it because it makes me feel like a moron because I don't understand it. <laughs> there you go. It's just five, like, five sets of two. You went. You, what you did, Tom, is you went really hard at me about being middle class in the first five minutes of this. <laughs> so I've now doubled down on going poetry crap. Yeah, but you're like, well, you obviously understand iambic pent, and I'm like, I don't even understand this iambic pentameter. What's it? <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, you became Tom Hardy doing the craze. <laughs> anyway. So Josh, Finn and Amy come back into Tom's class. Um, Josh is still like off his head and he's like waving his arm about. Um, Tom like grills them after the class. Um, and Finn sort of tries to like separate what him and Amy were doing from what Josh is doing because Josh has clearly reacted worse. In the most transparent lie ever. <laughs> How Tom is believing any of this. And then he's just like... Yeah. Uh, yeah, we were somewhere else doing different things. <laughs> yeah. We all came in together. Isn't that right, Josh? And he just <laughs> stares at him. It's <laughs> like, oh, yeah, Tom, Tom definitely can't see through this ruse. <laughs> so um, Tom gets rid of the rest of them so he can talk to Josh. He recognises that Josh is stoned. Josh explains that it's a legal high. Um, and I think this scene, the acting from Jason Doan as Tom, I think he's really good in this scene. Um, you know, he talks about how, you know, his he his relationship with Josh has gone in a strange direction and how if he wants him to treat him like a mate, he needs to be able to trust him um, and how he's embarrassed of him because of the way he acts. I think it's a really nicely done scene. I do, I do enjoy the part where he yells at him about how just because it's legal doesn't mean that it's totally safe and it can't cause risk to you. Like minutes after he says, I can give my boy a few cans if I want to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, even, he even puts that in there. He even says alcohol's a risk. Yeah, but you give him alcohol. Of course he thinks a legal high is fine when you're giving him bloody Stella. Um, so meanwhile, in the food tech rooms, um, Ruby has like given them an like, exam conditions assignment to make a lasagna. It's weird. And they're like 13. <laughs> yeah. I can barely make a lasagna. I, I know the trick to a great tasting lasagna, though. And it's it's what we say in this house. It's I throw it up the wall. Okay. It was the, the best tasting lasagna we've ever had was the one where I took it out of the oven too fast, tried to walk when it was too hot, and accidentally threw all of it up against the wall. Right. So I then had to fish it all up and put it back in the pot and go and serve it. The best tasting lasagna. So now every time we have it, it goes, and Scarlett will turn to me and go, did you throw it up the wall? And I'll say, yes, I did. Um, so Denzel's burned his lasagna horribly. <laughs> um Adam, who just wanders the school, much like Eddie used to. Maybe it's a thing about being with Rachel. It's like, if you're with Rachel... It's, it's permission to wander, isn't it? Maraud around the school, yeah. Um, he sees the packet of diazepam under Ruby's desk. Um, when she returns, he asks her about it. 
Um, she says John has kicked her out because he thinks she's got a drug problem. Um, and he persuades Adam to like keep it all on the on the down low and keep it from Rachel. I don't know. It just felt, it just felt odd to me. This and like that she's like having to swear him secrecy. Surely it's like I don't know. Maybe I'm just getting all these like different people confidentialities mixed up. But it feels like it would kind of be not on if you started telling people at school that someone else was on a certain form of medication. Yeah. No. I think I think that's right. I'd like <laughs> and it like if it became a problem in terms of her teaching and the safety of the children, maybe it would be a thing. Yeah, but so I'm I, not it sure doesn't like, seem like we're there. Yeah, because it's 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 a mood-altering medication, so I'm not sure yeah. if you have to disclose that. But even then, like, the idea that Adam's like, I'm not going to lie to anyone. I was like, well, no, Adam, you, you literally... It's like it's a bit like... It's, I, I know it's not the same, but it is like when, when Rose was at AA, Tom isn't like... like it's yeah. part of the kind of, you know, you, you don't yeah. tell people that. And... I just feel like here, you know, if you can't share someone else's medical goings on with somebody else. And there's a lot of don't tell Rachel in, in, in this episode as well, because Tom goes to explain the legal high situation to Chris. Um, and he's like, can you, oh, I need you to hide it from Rachel. Um, because if Josh's mum finds out, then uh, Josh will go back to her and won't be with Tom anymore. But a few, I'm certain a few weeks ago, Tom was just like, it's not working out this isn't working out, I want you, you need to go back to your mum's. And then they just didn't address that at yeah. all. They just left it. Like, Josh bought him a meal deal, and it was fine. <laughs> oh, chicken and bacon. <laughs> um, so, uh, Tom has decided that Josh is going to, like, stay with him at lunch so that nothing bad happens. That goes well. Um, yeah. he, he says to Josh, like, you get me my lunch, I'll have the curry. And then Finn is, like, goading Josh for being under his dad's thumb. And then Josh asks for the drugs from Finn before giving Tom his curry. And we understand that he has put them in the curry. I feel like you'd taste it. You w- Surely you would. Unless Adam is putting some... He- unless Adam is like, that's a heavy-duty curry. <laughs> <laughs> He's serving to children at lunchtime. Also, get- every time we see Tom eating, it is either a meal deal or a curry. <laughs> Tom subsides on curries. Always putting chocolate in something Italian. <laughs> yeah, his spag bob. His spag bob is a rare treat. Because mm. he's got to like get the tea towels on the shoulder for that. So uh, Philip and, and Roz are talking. Philip's like, oh, come around and watch a film or whatever, or go and see a film. She doesn't want to see him. And he's going on about how Joe seems to see her more than he does. Um, he's very close to, to working out what's happening. Now he said girlfriend... Announce when these things happen, you stupid show. And see, I, I, I had just taken this as read that when they kissed at the end of the like mid series finale, I just took it as read that they they'd got together and that was a thing. No, no, I need much more. I need. It's not like what was it? Bolton and Janice, where they just kissed one week and it was they like, like they'd already been together. They were just together. <laughs> what? Um. So we see Kim uh, in in the bathroom and she emerges and she looks terrified. She says she's had some bleeding. She's worried about the baby. And Tom says, I'll, I'll drive you to hospital. Oh, was there, was there a moment there where I felt like at one point we almost got like a flash of remembering Tom's character? Because I felt like he acted a little bit in the sense of, because he's been through this before. Because mm. this is, you know, Izzy lost a pregnancy when she was quite far along. 
Yeah. So you kind of felt like, you know, at one point they kind of had a flash of recognition and they quickly buried it because if he'd had that flash of recognition, I would imagine a man who went through that trauma would actually try and remove himself from the situation. Mm-hmm. You can imagine going, look, I can't, I can't, I'll get someone else to, but because he's been drugged, they have to get him in there Yeah. to do. Um, so we get some great Sam and Bolter material here. Sam is good for a, she's good for a one-liner. She calls Bolton a skid mark, which I liked. I don't get like that was the, I think I think I kind of missed last week. I thought they ended on really good terms last week, and then no, this week because they'd done the grease thing, mm. where like and Bolton wanted... like refused to acknowledge her around his friends and be like, yeah, like I'd go there, that sort of thing. And she wanted him to tell her more, tell her more. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Bolton tells her to stay away from him. You Kellys are all the same. Sam throws a smoothie at him. I was more troubled by the fact that Ruby was just like, oh, got the smoothies out. There are about 40 kids playing basketball. She brings (laughs) out six half-filled cups of smoothie. And she's like, this is just for the characters of speaking roles. Um, So uh, Grantley is covering Kim's safe sex PSHE lesson. Now, I'm disappointed that they did this in such a dramatic episode with other stuff going on, because I think there's a 20-minute scene in Grantley trying to teach a safe-sex PSHE lesson. Yeah, there's, like, in one of those things, that he almost sells this, but there is no safe-sex leaflet that has the word fluids written on it. (laughs) But they do it just because they want to hear Philip Martin Brown deliver the word fluids. Fluids. Like fallopian tubes. <laughs> but yeah, like, could you imagine, like, if you, you know, when like Brooke came to your school and did like sexual health, they get out a leaflet, and it was just all about fluids. And you just went, We didn't have Brooke, well, we had Shadow. That is a dreadful name for a sexual health clinic. It was Sexual Health and Drugs Outreach Work. That was what it stood for. Yeah, but Shadow, it just immediately implies it's bad, doesn't it? <laughs> They were great, Shadow. We all we all liked it when Shadow came in. I don't, it, just, it just feels like it's one of those like questionable eighties, you know, church outreach programs, which is asking you to pray away your urges. Yeah, I don't think Shadow exists anymore. Sadly, we deal with the things that are in the shadows, <laughs> like lust. <laughs> um, so Grantley explains to the class that that Kim has been taken to hospital and Mr. Clarkson's driving her. Josh is in the class. Um, I think some of like the year 12s are in the class. Characters. Well, I don't know why Josh is in the class. He's much younger. Um, no, I don't think they are. I think it's just... Cause I think Sam's in there, isn't she? Maybe. I don't know. I get confused. The groups with speaking roles, there's so many of them. Um, uh, so Josh, Josh in this episode is the embodiment of me reaping. Hell yeah, me sewing. What the hell? Yeah, he really is. <laughs> he when, On hearing that Tom's driving, he gets very worried and tries to make a phone call. Um, so <laughs> nice, li- nice little um, appearance for Rose in Tom's call history. She's now. <laughs> oh, I didn't even notice. <laughs> <laughs> she has now been reduced. She didn't even mention by name. She just has. He has one call from Rose. <laughs> I love that they like 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 they thought about it enough to put that in, but not enough to ever include her in any episode. No. Um. So Camilla and Chris are like talking, and Camilla's like very worried about the smoothie gate. Uh, the throwing of the smoothie and then Josh skids around the corner 
and says, I've spiked my dad's <laughs> drugs and he's driving a pregnant lady to the hospital. And then, for Camilla, this feels like on a par with the smoothie. Yeah. She's like, oh, first the smoothies, now this. Now this. <laughs> so uh, Chris like runs to, the, to his office, picks up his phone, um, and as as he's on the phone, um, Tom like like passes out, swerves, crashes the car. Um, it's all very dramatic. Chris listening to the crash on the phone. Yeah, it, it, you know it gets real when the camera in the office goes handheld. Yes, it, it, it was it was moving around. It was yeah, it yes. was intense. The thing that I found really odd is Kim goes, "We're just approaching the bridge." So, first rule of storytelling: <laughs> you introduce the bridge in Act One. <laughs> <laughs> it pays off in Act Three because we're just approaching the bridge as Tom goes faint. They don't drive off a bridge. What it is is they need to say the location so that Chris then knows know, where to send just, the ambulance. Yeah, but don't say the location is a bridge because then you can drive <laughs> off of the bridge. Just say it is a road. <laughs> I was I'm expecting like a pregnant Kim to have to bring an incapacitated Tom out of the water. It was about like the end of Paddington Two. <laughs> no, don't do that to me. Oh, oh! I still cry. I'm sobbing thinking about it. Oh God. Oh, what have I, I don't know myself? if I've told. I don't know if I've told my Paddington Two story on this podcast. I've told it on other podcasts. Oh, oh but, um When I went to see Paddington Two for the first time, um like in the cinema, like it was like a mid mid afternoon screening or whatever. So it was just me and then like loads of parents with their kids. Um, as is often the case with children's movies when I go to see them. Um, so for those who haven't seen Paddington 2, there is a... Spoilers. Um, there is a scene where Paddington is locked in a railway carriage and it ends up in the water and he can't get out. And uh, Mrs Brown, played by Sally Hawkins, dives in, tries to save him from the, the railway carriage, discovers... I'm tearing up saying this. Discovers <laughs> she can't unlock the padlock. And there is a moment when Paddington accepts his death and wordlessly <laughs> tells Mrs Brown, it's okay, I accept this. And I, a 20-something-year-old man in a cinema with only parents and children, I audibly went, no! <laughs> <laughs> Is, is I am like you know no matter the quality of the film right and Paddington Two is brilliant so it works well if someone accepts their fate mm. or it's a desperate charge against the odds those yeah. two things will have me sobbing regardless it yeah. just always gets me um, and then the yeah. worst, so the, like the worst thing about that is that then that happens and I'm sobbing and then somehow the final scene of Paddington Two makes me cry even more than the bear accepting his death. What a ridiculous, brilliant film. <laughs> <laughs> I watched, we watched it, I saw it in the cinema, and then we watched it at home, um, and I was just sat there, and because I'm a man, I had a pillow, I was holding a pillow throughout the end, and then watched it, and then tried to say, oh, that was a nice film. So I was, yeah, it was. And then I was just behind the pillow crying. <laughs> Thing is, I've like I, I don't know if I've spoken about my love for Paddington. But I'm a big Paddington fan, and I every time I watch Paddington Two, and I've watched it a lot, I think this will be the one where the ending doesn't absolutely crucify me. <laughs> every single I get, I'm getting worse, not better. <laughs> I think the thing now is 
every time I watch it, it I start the cry earlier. <laughs> <laughs> because I cry in anticipation of the scene. Rather than... No, I, I do that with the final Lord of the Rings movie. I'm like, oh my God, it's coming. Oh, they're, they're doing all the things that build up to the scene that gets me and, it's pay- <laughs> and, like, and the scenes where all this stuff pays off. So they introduce the first plot thread of that scene. I'm like, oh, it's coming. <laughs> Oh no, Paddington! If anyone hasn't seen the Paddington films, stop listening yeah, to us. We don't matter. We can't recommend Waterloo. We can't recommend Waterloo Road, but Paddington One and Two, great time. Yes. Um, so back to the very serious car accident. Um, <laughs> the, the, the car accident that has no ramifications for anybody. It's serious I mean, in the moment. I don't know about that. <laughs> They're all fine. He, Tom has a collapsed lung. <laughs> yeah, but this one brings out the little stick. Why isn't this little stick in more things? Tom is basically says, Tom has no pulse. Tom is legally dead by any measure. And someone just goes, here's my little stick. <laughs> eh, got a pulse. Got a pulse. Where is that stick? <laughs> more often. Look, I don't know enough about that little stick to know what's going on. Uh, what we should have done is showed it to my other half, who's a nurse, could have explained the little stick to us. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Kim Kim is awake, uh, hurt but awake, whereas Tom's like unresponsive, and uh, so the doctors like go up to him and, as you said, they rescue him with this little stick. Um, we sound so ignorant at this point. <laughs> <laughs> um, so back at the school, um, Josh tells Chris that it was Finn who brought the drugs. Um, Chris blames Finn for the spiking um, and like gets him to hand over the drugs. So somehow Chris still comes up with the moral low ground. Even... <laughs> <laughs> so despite, despite all of the admittance of guilt, he's like, yeah, no, no, they're behind this. So uh, Steph is tasked with like dealing with Camilla while Chris is sorting all of this. Um, Camilla says that like what Chris does is brush tries to brush the issues with Waterloo Road under the carpet so she doesn't see them and it like gives makes her suspicious about what's being hidden but Steph gives like a rousing speech in defense of Chris and of the school um Chris meanwhile has brought in uh, Finn's dad who doesn't seem that bothered about this is a strange situation I feel like at the end of it they wanted to say that that Chris has learned something mm-hmm. from it or once I said we're supposed to have learned about it like the dad is distant and he's not that interested, sure, but he isn't wrong when he's just like, Oh, it's legal high, whatever. It's like it's one of those things if, he, if he's made peace with that idea, then you can't really do much else about it. But like it feels like Chris is just like oh, this is tantamount to abuse. At this point, Chris be- Chris sincerely believes that Finn has spiked a teacher who has then got in a car and might die. But there's a stick. <laughs> yes, were it not for the stick, he would be dead. <laughs> <laughs> we have to edit the front cover of time and just put the stick on it. <laughs> like it, it's almost like a tracheotomy, but I don't think it is a tracheotomy. It's like in the chest. Yeah, because it's not in the throat; it's in the chest. Yeah, but like, so again, you know, most of the times I see this procedure performed is in a TV show set in some kind of wasteland. Um, or after like a plane like, crash. There's, there's a scene in the, the recent film um, Nobody with Bob Odenkirk where he um, has a fight with some people on a bus and he injures one of them so badly that they can't like breathe and he gets a drinking straw and does a tracheotomy on them. 
No, it's yeah. So in an episode of Lost, someone's lung collapses, and he does this this procedure where he just get air in it and whatnot. But he has a giant sewing needle that he has to pump through his chest like that. Here they have a little stick, a magic stick. <laughs> Right. Um, so, yeah, as we said, Mr. Sharky, not all that bothered, um, says he doesn't know about any larger larger behavioural problems with Finn, just the school can't handle him, etc., etc. Chris says uh, Finn will attend drug awareness classes and will be uh, internally excluded because being within the disciplined environment of school is better for him. What's an internal exclusion? Did you not have like that? So it was like, um, it was called interim at our school. I think it stood for something. I don't remember what it stood for. Um, but it was like, so you'd go to school, but you spent the whole day in this, like, it was like a classroom, but it was separated from everyone else at the school. And you'd do like, I don't know, you'd be sent work to do on your own rather than being in with the class. Oh, no. I, I suppose, I, I, it, 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 in, in fact, it's very similar to the cooler in a lot of ways. Yeah, and I, I imagine I, that's I was... probably what Finn did for his eternal exclusion. He's probably spent the whole time in the cooler. You know, if, if there's six degrees of separation between me and a famous person, there was about 12 degrees of separation between me and anybody who ever got near to being expelled in school. <laughs> I was I was so goody-goody, I could not tell you what the systems were for that kind of punishment. There's a, a conversation between Philip and Roz and some of the lads. Um, the, the, the lads are all having a go at Philip because Roz is, like, picking homework over him. Um Sam then sort of looks on mournfully as Bolton is like playing around with Alicia. Um, Roz looks longingly at Joe. And I was relieved in this scene because I'd been going, what on earth is going to be the play out song this week? There's been nothing. And then we get a Gaga track and we were saved. It's not a good one though, is it? (laughs) No, it is a good one. It's just not a well-known one. (laughs) It's not an (laughs) A-list Gaga track. Yeah, I just like. I, I said the same thing. I was like, this month, like the song is is like quite poor, but it's the only option we have for a playout song before I suggest Numa Numa. <laughs> um, so we see Josh anxiously waiting at the hospital. It's weird this because everything about the way that scene we've just talked about is set up makes it seem like it's going to be the end of the episode, but of course it can't be because there's a lot to wrap up. Yes. Um, so Josh is anxiously waiting at the hospital. Chris is similarly anxiously waiting by the phone at the school. Um, he's blaming himself uh, to Steph. This is this weird moment. The first in about 76 episodes, a head teacher tries to make this situation all about them. And someone tells them it isn't all about them. And they <laughs> go, oh, wow, OK. That's the first time this has ever happened. Chris, like, as, she, as Steph points out, Chris had no knowledge of any of this. None yeah. of this is even remotely related to being his fault. But then suddenly she's like, oh, this is me. I should have said, I should have dived in front of the drug. <laughs> Mason would have done it. Um, so we see that Kim is okay. She goes and sits with Josh. Um, she reveals that the baby is okay too. Um, Kim seems to have full awareness of everything that happened. So someone has, like, given her a briefing before, like... Yeah, where did she get all of that information? She, she knows just... everything about what happened. Yeah, she was just sat with Tom and he passed out, and suddenly she goes down. So you spiked your dad with dad's curry. 
He's got like chemical formula for the drug. Like <laughs> approximately one o three p.m. You yeah, spiked yeah. him. Um. So she like quizzes Josh about it, and he says he did it out of anger, and he's genuinely sorry for it. Um. He's taken to see Tom. The doctors say he had a collapsed lung. Um. Josh is like, I'll, I'll, I'll look after you. I'll do whatever I need to do. I'll take you to the loo. Um, I think Josh fully understands what's happened. I think no. he, he's not collapsed lung. You'll need to carry into the toilet now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Josh is worried about being sent away back to his mum. But Tom says, you're not going anywhere. Um, he says, we're mates, but we're father and son first. Bizarrely, Josh poisoning Tom and almost killing him seems to warm Tom to his well, son. Do you know why? Because now he knows what he's capable of. <laughs> was, if I send him away, what's he going to do? <laughs> but, oh I've, I've got the deaths of enough women on my conscience, with, conscience without there's Josh's mum. <laughs> there's a cobra in my bolognese. How did this get here? <laughs> Vengeance, old man, vengeance. <laughs> um, so uh, Chris apologises to Camilla for what's happened. Um, Camilla says, the problem is that you only see the problems with the school and you focus on trying to hide them. Um, she says, I want to see the real Waterloo Road. But I've signed the papers. Drink. <laughs> Drink. Yeah. Uh, outside source says, I need to see the real Waterloo Road. Drink. But like... Instead of saying, I'll come back another day and see the school how it is, she goes, I've signed the papers. <laughs> Have at it with our sports facilities. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you've lied to me today. And he goes, but you can trust us now. Well, there's no reason not to. Yeah. She's like, she comes back to the facilities, there's thrown smoothies and there's spiked curries everywhere. <laughs> I liked the inner, um, so we see Adam and Ruby in like, uh, Ruby's like kitchen storeroom, and there's a catch it, bin it, kill it poster. <laughs> in in our current situation, I thought that was really quaint. <laughs> if we, if only we'd listened. Yes. This podcast wouldn't exist if we'd listened. No, it, it really wouldn't. <laughs> um. So Ruby confesses to Adam that she's been feeling a bit lost recently. Uh, he reassures her that, that, that things are going to get better. Chris brings some flowers to Kim and offers her a lift home. Um, he says, you have me scared, Kim. And then he lays it on, factor 50, and she calls him a mate. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, that's where we end this episode. And I thought this was actually a pretty darn good episode. Like, it's not Hall of Fame quality, but it's pretty good. It was all right. There was a... There was a... It was a minute where everything started popping off that it got quite, you yeah. Know, it, it started to feel like more, more casualty than Coronation Street. Yeah, but, and like they've done that a couple of times this series, like with the caravan and stuff as well. And I feel like it quite it kind of suits those moments of like high drama. But all in all, one episode closer to the end. <laughs> um, the next time trailer. Uh, there's more of Chris and Kim like talking about just being friends. There's a fire in the kitchen, um, and Joe gets her rite of passage. She gets the "Is she a pedo?" story. Yeah, we we all fell in love with one of our teachers, right? Everyone falls in love with one of their teachers. Everyone does. 
I never accused them of trying it on, like trying it on with me when if they didn't reciprocate. But like, you know, I never expressed my love. I didn't know if they felt it back. To be honest, I didn't want to know. Oh, he was, he was better. Let me society. tell you. Let me tell you, they didn't feel it back. <laughs> <laughs> but because I never asked, I never, I, I never have to admit that to myself. It's weird because, like, I, like, I don't know how this story like plays out or comes about. I can't imagine Roz making a complaint. No, it's odd, isn't it? No, I don't know how it I, comes about. Do you know what? It's absolutely Philip. <laughs> oh, it is. That's what it is. It's a, these girls say they want nice guys, but then when I'm a nice guy, they're trying to run off with their French teacher. What? What's up with that? Garlic bread. <laughs> do you know what? I blame feminism in video games. <laughs> I've been Philip Neverfill signing off. If there is a takeaway from everything we've talked about, it's that it's about ethics in video game journalism. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can all agree. And, and if you don't get that reference, well done. You've had a better few years on the internet than I have. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's this week's episode. We're playing out with Lady Gaga. Everyone's happy. Everyone's alive. Can you, We're good. Can you pick a better Lady Gaga song? No. I liked it. I hadn't heard it before, but I'm going to listen to it. What a treat yeah. for you. I am, yeah. I'm going to do it. Wow. You're going you're gonna to play a song that's available on Spotify and costs you nothing. <laughs> yes. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs>